Introducing Minor Wisdom Quintet. Sounds of barking and fireworks going off in the background. This is being recorded on July 4th, Independence Day, America. So I apologize for the dogs barking. They're scared. Hey, people, um, you're going to blow your fingers off. So how about just doing a couple sparklers and calling it a night? Go to bed. Make sure the kids are safe. Make sure your dogs aren't scared. Literally the piss scared out of them. Put those thunder shirts on them and uh, hope for a restful evening. So Minor Wisdom is back for another episode. Thank you, everybody. Make sure you are subscribing. Make sure you are following on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all of that good stuff. This week, I've got Anthony Nieves Sawyer. When we recorded this, there was no Sawyer on his name. But he and his, at that time, longtime partner, now husband, just got married. So congratulations to them. And from the like looks of everything on Facebook, it looks like they had a beautiful ceremony. Um, fun guy. He's a super awesome guy. And also not from Texas. So his story is unique, just like all of ours. But his is unique to the element of Uh, Not growing up with the Texas theater education, and we will talk a little bit about that in the interview. Um, And uh, he's also got a, he reached out to me, which was really, really kind of cool. I had went to, I had went, what, see, this is the America, this is the America we know. I had gone done, went to Stuart Savage's uh, inebriation, pedagogy by inebriation uh, thing a couple of months ago, and Anthony saw me desperately trying to record directors there as I will desperately be at TETA and at thespians trying to record directors but anyway I digress uh but I was trying real hard and I said and I was reaching out to people and he at that time de- de- declined to be interviewed uh and who wants to be interviewed while they're throwing back on a couple of frozen margaritas no salt please thank you thank you thank you but anyway um they uh they there were a lot of teachers that denied their their sort of invitation, if you will. But then Anthony reached out to me on social media and said, you know what, I would actually really enjoy to tell my story. And that's exactly what this is about. So if you are that type of person, I would love for you to reach out to me as well. Don't be shy. We're theater people. Anyway, so I hope you guys enjoyed this week's episode with Anthony Nieves Sawyer. Here is the groaner joke. How does the barber cut the moon's hair? Eclipse it. So, first of all, Anthony, mm-hmm. uh, I hounded you at, at the party last week and said, hey, you want to be on? You want to be on? And you're yeah. like, yeah. <laughs> kind of hesitant, but then you uh, reached out to me right. and um, said, I'd lo- actually love to be on, and I genuinely appreciate it. Um, 
you said, I want to tell my story, or I want to share my story, mm-hmm. uh, which to me could mean anything. That could mean like, you want to read Mary Had a Little Lamb, I, you know, <laughs> it could be all kinds of stuff. Right. Um, but I want I want you to to talk, and, I, and I've got questions that I've already thought about, and organically we'll come up with some things with you, but sure. uh, feel free to like tell us where you're from, what, what you do, who, who you are, all that kind of stuff. Sure. Um, well, I'm Anthony Nieves, I am 27, this is my third year teaching, going into my third year teaching, um, I teach at what, uh, specific place, I'll leave it at a specific place where everyone else is like, yeah. I'm stop it there, um, uh, but I teach at a high school um, in Houston, um, and I teach writing things, I'm a director, I'm a director, I teach an inclusive theater class as well, which I thought was really cool to talk about. Um, and I teach Tech Theater 1 as well at the school. Uh, and originally from New Jersey, born and raised there, and then moved down to Texas about, feels like forever, six, seven years ago. Um, and that's kind of my whole, my whole self. So where, what made you move down south? Uh, actually, I was dating someone and I moved, I moved for that person specifically. Yeah. Okay. So, and now my, my future husband actually is in a week. Only they married in a week. Oh wow! Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Um, that all puts a, that's a whole other story, right? Yeah. There about, you know, <laughs> got what colors are you? <laughs> um, it's literally a production. I it swear is. to you, it's costumes. <laughs> it's what sound you're doing. Yeah. What it, it, the only thing I don't have to worry about is lights because it's outdoors. But I'm like, also, it feels like picking a venue is like picking a stage. It's yeah. Script and everything. Oh yeah, that's exactly what it is. And my wife is a theater teacher too, so when oh, we wow. got married, it was the same thing. It was mm-hmm. you're looking at it as a as a director, not as like as a just two people getting married. So yeah, yeah I get that. And the funny thing is that excuse me, um, <laughs> I was so busy with school throughout the year because we put about like between me and the head teacher, we put about seven productions up a year. Wow. Um, yeah, so we're we're on go the whole time because our production class is integrated with that throughout the semester. Like that is their what they do. Okay. Um, so generally, like I'm not doing anything for the wedding, and then I drop out. Like, I drop back into drop out. Drop back into <laughs> um, like reality. Like I guess we'll say yeah. yeah, planning mode. Um, and just being not Mr. Nevis anymore, being Anthony. Right. And, and then all of a sudden, like, he's like, oh, I have everything planned. I'm like, what do you mean you have everything planned? Are you sure? Are you positive? Yeah. And I don't want to be that pestering, you know, future husband. He's like, are you sure? Yeah. Do I have to get one more thing? And you don't have to get into where, but what does he do? Oh, he works in retail. Okay. Yeah. And So, so he's, he's also a little bit of a... Not necessarily perfectionist, but image is a lot for him too. I'm assuming. Yeah, yeah. yeah. he's very much he. He made sure him and my future mother-in-law have made sure that everything comes off just right. right. Good for um, you. So like I'm trusting in their hands right. that everything's gonna be okay yeah. and just gonna be the actor to come on stage and just be there. And I'm like, okay, I'm here. So, yeah, just you know? yeah, just make sure you get paid. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so where did you go to uh, college? Uh, I went to college at a school uh, up at, up north, uh, Kane University. Um, it's pro- it's one of the top education colleges in New Jersey. Okay. Um, so I learned a lot about the pedagogical uh, pedagogy and a lot about just being a very co- good quality educator up there. Um, and I have a good they had a really good theater program. Uh, one of my mentors, Rachel Evans, um, to this day still inspires me. She still keeps in contact with me. 
um, and I'm very happy and, pr and proud to, you know, represent them out here in Texas. And even like, oh, strangely enough, one of the other professors there, Karen Hart, actually like like lived in Texas before she went up there. And so okay. when I told her I'm moving, she's like, oh, I know exactly where you're going. And our mutual friend circle actually got really close. Nice. Or she knows Annie Dragu and she knows Billy Dragu. And I'm like, well, okay, well, I, I know them from this conference. And like, you do? Right. That's crazy. So uh, that was interesting as well to kind of have them also cross their paths. Right. Yes. So, and, and you can eat at any time. Uh, <laughs> we're sitting here at Freebirds again, and just kind of happens to be the place that suits, I, you know, hopefully they'll sponsor me one day, you mm -hmm. never know. It's the second time now that I've done a podcast at Freebirds, but shout out to Freebirds. Uh, Great place. <laughs> did you, did you, because you said you went, it was a school for education, did you go, did you know you wanted to be a teacher? Is that something you've always wanted to do or no? Actually, um, starting off, I didn't know what I wanted to do. Um, I knew that I liked, the, I loved theater. Um, I did it all in middle school. I stopped it in high school for some reason because I was actually more, I was interested in band and music and all that. Okay. And then it, you know, like when I went to college, it was one of those things that I noticed I kept taking theater classes. Like I kept going back and taking another theater class and then another theater class. And I was like, well, why am I taking so many theater classes yet I'm undecided? Like, maybe I should just do theater. Right. And at first it was like, well, I don't know many, like, I know that a lot of the stuff is contract-based with theater. I don't, my parents wouldn't want me to do that. Maybe I should just go to theater education. And then, oddly enough, I started to get more and more involved in that. I was like, wait, I could be, that would be really cool. I can inspire new kids to, to be artistic. And I got more and more uh, into it as I went along and I became more of an advocate at, at the end of the day. And, and did you uh, did you go straight from college down to here to start teaching or uh, no I actually I was out of out of everything theater for I think literally about two to three years okay. and just kind of a just kind of my own little tidbit if you're you could tell when you're not doing something you love because oh, yeah. you feel empty and I felt empty for three to four years yeah. and I was like this isn't what I'm supposed to do this is like no like no offense to any past employers, but this was stupid to me. I didn't feel happy. Um, and all, many people did, like my partner told me a million times, all my close friends told me major times to go back to teaching and you know you're supposed to be there. Why are you here? You know, you, you'd be much more happier. And eventually I did and you know, I'm very happy that I did because I feel like I'm making a difference. Yeah, so well, good for you, I mean that, if, if they're administrators listening, they like to hear that. So, uh, I don't think past employers, you know, they have I, that. I don't, think, I don't think they care at the moment. Yeah, even, <laughs> even uh, you know, even administrators will say, if you don't want to be here, I'm not going to make you stay. I don't want, I don't right. want unhappy people teaching kids, you know. Right. Uh, they could tell the difference. Yeah. They could tell when someone's burned out or they're, you know, they end up having the air to being very toxic. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, and to those people, you know, there are possibly other things that are out there. Don't, don't stay, don't become me staying yeah. that in that same rut. Yeah. So uh, now that you're down here mm -hmm. and you didn't go through the process of one act play when you were a kid, right. when you were in education, uh, oh, how much yeah. of a shock was that to you? Uh, it's another animal. Yeah. It's completely. <laughs> it's it's great. Like it's amazing, and I, I really think the program itself is so important. 
because I never really, I, I never really thought of theater as competition. I never, that never connected in my brain. It was just like theater is, you know, a, a base to, for me to just entertain an audience. Mm -hmm. But to think of a judges watching this and scoring it in some sort of a way is very interesting. Um, but I'm also a very competitive person. Like, like outside of being a theater director and teacher, like I play, you know, I'm also a video gamer and I also play like competitive games and stuff like that. So part of my brain's like, we get to play, we get to be competitive with theater. Okay, I could, I, yeah. I could get into this concept and idea. Uh, but uh, luckily, like my the head head of my program really was also out of state. He came into Texas and also didn't experience a whale firsthand. And so he was very much like, the first year I was his, I was his assistant to the program, he very much said, hey, let me show you what UIL is. Like, just take the backseat, I'll take care of it. Let me, but if I could tell, I could give you a handbook, I, I could make you read the handbook. You won't understand it. Right. You still won't. That handbook's not gonna, like, the handbook's great, it tells you the rules, but the rules aren't gonna tell you how everything's structured and what's like. Um, and I mean, it's again one of those things that I would love, I can't wait to evolve into going into. Right, right. Do you, uh, do you plan on staying here, Texas? Yes, yeah, yeah. So then, yeah, getting invested in the, the formula that is one act play, you know, the, uh, the district that I'm in, uh, Bush High School has now gone three years in a row, right. right. They've been runner up, and we don't have to get into that because Destiny is very angry about that. But, um, <laughs> but she she did not, you know, she just jumped right into it for middle school. She was the third director as a middle school director. She was helping the high school, and but she got the formula. And it's interesting because I actually sort of chatted with with Paula Rodriguez about this, mm -hmm. about it's uh, her formula might be the right formula and it's not necessarily you know there's a right way and wrong way of doing UIL but right. uh, she picks pieces that connect to the kids it's not about connecting to the audience and that's not her intention right. she's picking pieces that connect to the kids and in turn you hope that that connects the, the audience sees that passion and that connection right and so that's all destiny's done is work on these shows that right the kids can adopt as their own yeah and, and feel very attached to so yeah and there's a benefit of doing that i, I know some directors that literally uh, that i've actually met through Summerfest and theater fest that told me different ad advice and i've yeah. heard in the classroom there's some production classes that literally just read plays and they read plays that you connect with this do you understand it do you feel you know do you feel good about it um and rather than the just the director picking it the director may pick a selection and be like here's five yeah we're gonna do one of these five because it fits with what we have and they know their kids well enough that they know that that's what they have and what they're strong and their, their strengths are um but um, as they go on, they start reading those plays, and then you see the kids gravitate towards one. Right. And then that's something they'll put their heart and soul into. So something I've noticed about you is that you, uh, whether you intended intended this to be true or not, you seem to be a networking type of person. Mm -hmm. uh, I see you everywhere. <laughs> so you know, I, and, and we've talked about this. I first saw you on Facebook. We right. uh, uh, had mutual friends, and mm -hmm. well, we didn't really know each other. Right. Um, right. And uh, but I would always see you at, at Stewart's thing, or I would see you at Thespians, or I'd see you at uh, even TTA or something like that. Right. Uh, 
how important do you preach networking to your kids? Like, do you, you know, something I do is I, I tell them, you could do a show for free, you could do a lot of stuff for free, but walk away with uh, a relationship, walk away with a connection, because you don't, that could eventually lead to XYZ that will be very lucrative. Right. You seem to be somebody that maybe also believes in that, cause just because right. I see you everywhere. So. Right. Well, I'm not afraid to tell, to say out loud to people that I don't know everything. Right. I'm very much a, a person saying I'm, you know, let's see, like cards on the table. I'm a third year teacher, and I'm still learning a lot as I go along. Um, so it's very important to me to make to go out there and to make sure other people hear other people. Oops, excuse me on that. Uh, time to take your pills. All right. <laughs> No, it actually was your alarm to come, to come here. I was like, hey, come here. Uh, um, <laughs> no, um, back with the networking. Yeah. Um, it's like when you when you go out there and you're humble about something and you try to make build a relationship with another person um, and you try to understand where their strengths are and maybe grasp some information and knowledge from them and to they'll be more open to get and be more open to kind of helping you when you need that assistance. Like, I don't know everything about um, set or costumes, but I, I could have friends out there to say, hey, X, Y, Z, I need to, I would like to learn more about this. Do you guys have someone there? Um, and those groups are probably one of the big, bigger things I, I advocate, T, uh, T, all the TETA T, T, e, events. Those are also big things that I, I make sure to go to. Yeah. Um, and it's been kind of drilled drilled into me, um, not not only from my district, but from past, from my past teachers and from my retail life. Yeah, and these Facebook groups, you know, they're very powerful. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that, you know, even this morning, uh, I saw something on Facebook that was, it was one of those, it was, I think, technical theater educators page on Facebook. Right. And, uh, which is a national page. It took me a while to realize, oh, these aren't just Texas folk. This is, somebody posted about doing uh, pyrotechnics in Wisconsin, and I'm thinking, <laughs> why are they talking about this on a Texas page? And then I realized, oh, it's a national page. But anyway, <laughs> they uh, posted about balloons. Somebody let balloons go in their theater, and so now there are these balloons stuck in their grid. Right. And and it was just funny reading the responses of, you know, it's just uh, tape it, another balloon, yeah, 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 with yeah, yeah. tape all around it, and bring it up. <laughs> yeah. Go was, on your catwalk. You know? But it was just, you know, it's just funny to see all that stuff. But grab darts. So, yeah. Yeah. Start or just wait for it to to let you go. know lose its helium. Yeah. But, um, but anyway, I digress. Mm. Uh, that's more of a, a weird complaint. So you said you te teach Tech One, right? Yes. Do you have a tech background at all? Uh, actually, I don't. I have a lot more of an acting background. Um, in at my college, they they made sure that all the theater teachers took like basically these tech these tech theater hours that we had to do every semester. Yeah. And so I do know like the basics of each individual thing. Now, if you if you tell me, hey. It's time to design this great set that you like um, that you conceptualized. I'm going to be sitting there like I uh, um, yeah. I don't know how, but do you make sure your kids know that you don't know everything? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I'm honest with them. I'm a very I'm a very honest teacher to say to tell my kids I don't know everything, and it's not something for lack of confidence. Yeah. It's more of just saying 
y'all, I know my limitations are here. That doesn't necessarily mean that I'm not going to reach it and reach what our goal is. But but I am willing to actually go past that. And, and also, the, the the best educator is one that continues to learn. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, exactly. At least I believe that. Uh, you don't have to agree with me. Whatever. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I I think that you know my background is tech. Mm. I have little to zero directing ability. I know it looks good. I can go watch a show and say, eh, I don't know if that was good, really good directing, but I don't know how to make it better, you know? Uh, so we're on like dual sides of the coin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that said, you know, I'll try directing because the only way to get better is by doing. Uh, exactly. So uh, uh, I, I'll direct a show every year at my school. And, and sometimes the kids say it was the best show of the year. The only reason... They say it's the best show of the year is because I don't have a uh, strategic plan on how I direct. So we go into rehearsal and I'm like, man, whatever. And I give the kids ownership and it's extremely organic. And, right. Uh, I let the kids kind of run the asylum. Mm -hmm. So that's why they think it's the, the most, you know, the best show because they're the ones that were in control and they're like, yeah, we got to do whatever we wanted. You know? Yeah. And <laughs> so. it's, it's interesting to let the kids do that sometimes because... I, I will say, of course we're here to be facilitators and to be the ones that doing the ones to be like, we have the most knowledge in the room. Mm -hmm. But sometimes give the students the ability to rise to the occasion and you can see them succeed really well. Uh, I, a lot of times I have my stage managers also almost assistant direct with me and I will literally turn to them because we're in a black box in the thrust for, two, for both my shows, I don't have a lot of experience with that so I need to have like viewing areas from all areas, I'll literally turn to them and say, did you, see, did you see their back? Was it uncomfortable? Were you like, can you not see something? And they might say, uh, Mr. Nevis, yeah, I could, like their back was to me to like two thirds of the show yeah. and I couldn't see them. So that's a note we have to get to the actors. I'm like, okay, you give it, you give the note. They're like, what? I'm like, you give the note, tell them. Because a student to student sometimes is more powerful than us. We could talk blue in the face for hours and hours on end. You need to know this. You need to right. say the line this way. You need to walk in walk in with more with a objective. Um, and the kids will not get it. Yeah. And then when they hear from another student's mouth saying, "Okay, y'all, that just sucked. Like that was yeah. bad because X Y Z." They'll be like, "Oh, okay, it is bad overall." It's not Mr. Nevis saying it or you know Mr. Minor saying it. Yeah. <laughs> and every I think every director, even professionally speaking, mm. and I've said this before on here, mm. but when you when you go and you get uh, in, in one act play or even just your own home show, if you have like a former student come back or, you know, maybe you have a friend come in that wants to just have a fresh pair of eyes and they give notes and half their notes are notes that you've already given a hundred times mm. and you just give the students that look like... I told you so. Like, yeah. I mean, like you need to listen to me. Yeah, yeah. I know what I'm talking about. Yeah, but that happens all the time. Yeah, with everybody. It's literally. Sometimes I've even like pointed at them and, and just like pointed at the person. It's like if I if I'm pointing at them, it's because I already gave them gave you this note and you're not listening to it. Yeah. And it's if it's noticeable to an audience member, you yeah. need to change it. You know, but we want we want you to look good. Well, and their reaction is always, you know, when they when they hear it from somebody else, like, oh, oh, okay, okay, and they sit there and they write it down. They're like, like that was really, that was a good note. That was a good. And you're like, you son of a. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you're sitting there like, really? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> really.
Okay. That's why. So my kids now know that I've I've got this podcast, so they're always weary of is he going to be recording? Is he going to be re-? so? It's funny that to, you know their new reaction of things is uh, a little more alert, I guess, yes. because they they think that I'm ne- I mean I've never ever recorded them right. and in a setting where they didn't know. Right. Uh, they they have been on before a couple of them, but. They know that this this technology now is always with Mr. Minor, <laughs> so it, it puts them on a high alert of, of you know he could be recording us right now. So it's kind of fun. watch whatever you say, yeah. kids. What's uh, so so this is always in an interview like like a job interview. Right. Uh, if you could do one show, budget wasn't a uh, uh, you know that you had millions and millions and millions of dollars. What, what would that be? Oh, that's easy. In the Heights. Okay. Lynn Minimum Miranda. Yeah, I, I love the show. Um, I always felt super connected to it, and it was always one of those shows that, um, well, being being Puerto Rican, being and from the and Northeast. from and from the Northeast, <laughs> it's just one of those shows that's like this is a sto- this is a story that I'm very familiar with that I love to bring down here because it's a story that everyone is familiar with. It's not yeah. just a New York Puerto Rican Caribbean type of story. It's a story that connects to a lot of people, and I think it's even more important because I feel now there is a lot more. I think the representation for people of color is str- like is way is a lot more prevalent in theater now. Yeah. I feel like with things like Hamilton and with various shows. And that's that doesn't mean that there hasn't been because of course we have shows like Fences, we have shows that have been out there that have been Well, you know, and the most the most Puerto Rican show of all time was West Side Story. Yeah, so, West Side yeah, Story yeah, yeah. and everything else of that nature, but we start to see more of that representation sure. out there. And I want to make sure that as a director coming into this, I would love to have a time where I could tell their story, yeah. where they don't feel kind of like they're just repeating a story that they somewhat connect with, but they don't really. Right. And yeah, and, and like, we don't have to harp on the greatness of Hamilton, but I think the nice thing about Hamilton isn't even that it's, uh, it's not that he even wrote it one specific way, he wrote it just anybody can play anybody. Right. You know, that that's, that's what has transcended kind of how Broadway looks at things, I think, right. you know, and, there, and yeah. there are shows, again, like you said, there are shows out there that have done that, but Hamilton's the first, like, mega, huge hit that, yes. that did that, so, yeah. uh, that's a good point, yeah, but yeah, In the Heights is uh, such a such a good show, it's so right. fun, what has, so, so you mentioned you're Puerto Rican, so right. what's a little bit of backstory, how did family get to where they got to? Oh, um, both, both my... Mom kind of came, came up from Puerto Rico uh, right around, I would say around 16. My dad came around about 22, and they both kind of met at... Um, they did not know each other? They didn't know each other, okay. no. They met in the United States. They met okay. in New Jersey. Um, and they both met each other. I, from what I understand, they were both working at... Working at um, it was like a lodging area. It was like what's it? It was like a hotel or something of that nature. Okay. Um, and they both started dating, and then eventually, time goes on. Time goes on. Right. They got married, and then I came along right. from there. Yeah. And it was it, it's one of those stories. I was like, okay. And I have an older brother, like older half brothers, like twice my age too, right. from my mom's previous marriage and ha- all is, that. Have you been back to Puerto Rico? I haven't been in a while. Okay. I haven't, and it, and it kind of hurts me because of the hurricanes and everything right. that's happening there too. It's one of those things I'm like, well, this might be a good time to go back and see yeah. everybody. Yeah. But, yeah, that's a little right, bit of that. Right before my wife and I got married, we went to a wedding, and he, the, the, the wedding 
person just texted me actually is in town right now, but uh, that's a, a you know that's not an important fact. But we went. He his wife is Puerto Rican. The whole family is Puerto Rican. We got married in some massive. I'm sure if you know anything about Puerto Rico, you've been to San Juan. It's this massive church. It's in the center of the city, um, and it was Catholic wedding, like a like a Catholic wedding. <laughs> you know, it's the full thing. That's <laughs> even, awesome. Even told me to sit down because it was going to be that long. You know, like because uh, uh, I was the best man for it. But uh, Puerto Rico is it's beautiful. I mean, yeah. you know, and, and the and the parts that you're supposed to see are beautiful, and I know right. that there are. Uh, definitely it's similar like New Orleans or right. parts that the tourists go to they would never know that it's still from Katrina still ravished because it's right. still never been rebuilt uh, they right. protect that stuff and I'm sure it's similar with Puerto Rico they, right. you know, they don't want the, the, the gringos from America to, to see the mm-hmm. destruction they want you to see the beauty and the, the nice culture and everything so, yeah because yeah. that's, that's also one of their bigger in, 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 one of their bigger industries is you know Travel, people coming in for vacation. Oh yeah, so it's, it's crazy. A beautiful country. Yeah. yeah. So or state? I don't. Even, what do you call for? I mean, like, <laughs> I, it's weird. It's it like it's a commonwealth. Yeah. It's like a commonwealth, but it's not. And there's a whole bunch of things like it's just like okay, we got it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I call it country. Okay. Yeah. I, I mean, because it's got its own flag. It's yeah. Like, it's all like yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So it has its own government for the most part. I mean, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I should research that before, you know, cut this part out, right. research it, then talk, dub yeah. over. It's like, I found out Puerto Rico is technically a commonwealth. That would be funny. Um, Actually, it, the first year I taught was uh, Hurricane Harvey year. Oh. Yeah. That was uh, interesting in of itself, and so it made me feel like connecting that back to snow. I was like, okay, I don't want anything water-related. So did you, how did you, uh, how did you get affected by that? Because, uh... And again, you don't have to say the school, but was your school delayed? Like there was some, like like the the HISD mm-hmm. hadn't even had their first day of school yet. Right. And then, it, but we were like we were our Fort Ben was already in school, so right. we actually missed school. Whereas HISD, they still miss school eventually, but they didn't miss as much school, you know. Yeah. So it was about, um, from my understanding, about a week and a half, two weeks. Okay. So from what I recollect, uh, so it was about two. We we missed about two weeks of school. Um, so that changed everything semester-wise. Like you it was, already started. Uh, I already started in like we started all the two weeks in, of, in of summer stuff. and service yeah, yeah, stuff. Yeah. But we didn't do anything related to school. Like I was our first day of school was like right. the, when it hit, um, and it didn't affect me, thank God. But it did affect a lot of my students. Right. Like a lot of them when they came back, they had a lot of baggage to come in with. Um, I feel so bad. I remember talking to a kid and say, and it was Thanksgiving time, time, and he was like, I said, hey, what are you doing for Thanksgiving? And he's like, well, my whole house flooded, so I can't, we're not doing anything there, so we're gonna just meet up, meet up at a Denny's. Right. And I was just like, that's that's horrible. Yeah. You know, like I couldn't, I don't know how to respond in that moment. I was just like, well, I'm so sorry to hear that, but I'm sure you could still have some, you could still enjoy it at a restaurant. You know, yeah. you're, you're there with your family. But like in the back of my head, I was like, "That's such a horrible question to ask." Yeah, yeah I want to be more sensitive. Um, but I think it was even just the overwhelming amount of people coming in, just with that like sad look in their eyes that they lost their house or that there was something that affected them. It, it was a bit of a bit of a harder year to start off yeah. with. But I mean, it helped. I mean, 
It changed our season too. Actually, I just realized. Remember that one of our shows that we were supposed to do right in September, because we start really quickly, um, had to get changed all the way to January, which in turn affected UIL, and it was a lot to go along with that first year. Um, but it, kept, it kind of told me, hey, if you keep that teaching, right. keep you on your toes. What is what is? Because uh, I, I can I can give you an example. What's the most embarrassing moment you've had so far? with a student or students or group of students that you can look back on and you all laugh about it. I'll, I'll share mine while you think, if right. you want to think about it. Yeah. So I, um, I'm, I'm, I'm real hard on my students when it comes to high school relationships. When they come in and they're like, oh, I'm dating so-and-so. I'm like, well, today you are, you know? Like, like I'm very, just kind of a jerk when it comes to that stuff. Mm-hmm. <coughs> and so this girl came in dating a guy for quite a while, pretty girl, handsome boy, like, you know, uh, I'm sure other people wanted to court these two, if you will. Oh, and, uh, uh, I know the boy for sure. Right. And I said to her, and I remember where I was sitting in the tech booth or whatever, I was like, she came in and was upset. I said, how could you be upset? You're dating this boy. And she goes, I'm not anymore. We broke up. Like, just start, just breaks down. And I'm sitting there like. Way to be a jerk, Mr. Yeah. Minor. <laughs> I was like, well, I told everybody, you know, yeah. that's how I school is. And so one of the girls that was, uh, we, I think we were, like, programming lights or something. We were in the tech booth. But, right. Uh, she goes down. She goes, Minor, come on, man. And she goes and consoles her. But now I can look back on this. This girl graduated a couple years ago. And, and it's funny because mm-hmm. it's like, you're right. High school relationships are mm-hmm. For the, the most part, dozen, yeah, yeah, it's like, yeah. you know, you've got your handful of, of high school sweethearts that go on to get married. And I've right. gone to a few weddings that, that are like that, but um, but that now, at the moment, was like, oh, man, I kind of feel bad about it. Right. But now it's just, haha, yeah, <laughs> you know, I told you so. So, uh, do you have anything like that? Uh, off the top of my head, I can't think of one. Yeah. I think of one of the moment. I, mean, I feel like this is going to be one of those things I'm going to figure out later and be like, oh uh, man, <laughs> that this moment. Is, this is when we cut in the, yeah. the phone call from Anthony. Yeah, yeah. You're like, minor, I remembered one. I remembered one. Like, what? Uh, well, then, what is? I mean, is there something that that because you're they they say you're not good at teaching until you've done it for three years. So now right. you're kind of at that point where you can feel more confident. Right. But these past three years. Uh, has there been any sort of moment where you're just kind of like, well, I, I didn't really know that, and, and you know, you but you were, you, you were kind of figured out by the kids that that well, Mr. Nevis doesn't know, uh, doesn't, you know, I don't know where I'm going with this, but it's like, is there an embarrassing foot in your mouth moment that you've had? Uh, maybe it's not funny. <laughs> uh, maybe that's the part that that makes this question hard, but. Right. Yeah, no, there was plenty of those specific moments, I feel. Yeah. Uh, a lot of times walking into a program that's already built yeah. and already, like, established for quite some time. Yeah, like, your school's been around for a while. Yeah, so. and my te- and the director has been there since the school started. Okay. So he's been there, like, been there for quite some time. Um, and so he's developed this program, and it almost feels like when I first walked into it, um, the students that were seniors almost had everything like down, everything down packed. And I'm walking here in my first year, and I'm trying to establish some sort of like dominance as a first as a teacher. Yeah. Like, okay, this and is my class. Yeah, put my own stamp on yeah, it. Yeah, put my own stamp on it. And it was, it was, I was teaching, and the president 
would walk in and she would say certain things. She would say like, oh, we have this happening. Oh yeah, and by the way, don't do X, Y, Z. And it would be things that like are important. Hey y'all, keep your phones out outside your yeah. pocket. Don't do that during during rehearsal. That's rude. Get off your phone. Like she'll like look at people and say, get off your phone and be really. A, she, to this day, I still look at it. She's very, she's very strong. She's a very vivacious person in that in that situation. Like very um, stringent on what the uh, her authority. Um, it was a leader. Um, but like I would also like say the same things back, kind of like yes, I agree with this completely. Yes, I totally do this completely. And I look back at that and I'm like, I shouldn't have done that. I sound like yeah. a parakeet. Like yeah. they don't need that, you know. And I was to the end of the year where like they actually the board said, yeah, this shouldn't do that. It just makes it feel like I think they even said like it sounds feels kind of like he's like mansplaining things that they were women. They're like, we don't need a man to tell us that. And he was like to tell us that we're. What we're saying has authority. We, what we're saying just has authority. Right. And I and at first I kind of was taken back by that because I was like, no, I'm totally like, like I support anybody doing anything, anything of that nature and having that authority in that position. But kind of like I leave that and I'm like, well, I should let the kids lead in this moment, and I'll take a step back and I'll learn and I'll let jump in when necessary. Uh, so being okay with kids leading, I guess, going back to our original conversation with that. Um, and uh, I think the other thing that was, as a third year teacher, I'm looking back on it. Um, first year is a lot of curric- a lot of understanding curriculum making and building a curriculum. Um, one of the classes that even to this day propose a unique challenge, but one that I'm very happy to have is my inclusive theater class. Okay. Um, That's right. I, I, I wanted to ask you about that, actually. Yeah. Right at the top, you mentioned that. So, yeah, to, yeah speak more about that. So, my inclusive theater class is um, a class in which we have various um, students without disabilities in the class um, alongside students with disabilities. Um, and they all come in. We call, we call it the inclusive theater class because their job is to basically connect with each other and as a pair begin to work to do a sure. you know specific theater project or specific theater scene, whatever we're learning. Like this year I did pantomime, I did tableau, I did um, a variety of things throughout the year, building to scene work. Um, and it's, the, the challenge of that is understanding their unique disability and using it, it basically trying to, te- trying to connect with them still. You know, I had students that all I had a variety of things, variety of disabilities that sometimes proposed a challenge for me to teach them, and sometimes the student leader would look at me like, "Okay, I don't know what to do. Do you know what to do?" Yeah. And sometimes it's like, as educators, we're like, we, you know, for me personally, I only I had maybe so much training in special education, and if especially first year, um, I felt as though there that gap showed a lot because right. it was like how how do I both understand what I'm doing in this theater class and teach them something that's con- that's relevant to them that they feel connected to but also try to get try to overcome this bridge as well um, and you know going back you know not to speak ill of that, it was a challenge, but 
Um, it's one of those things that when we get past those challenges, though, it's so rewarding. Like the students, I think, I, I, I love the class, I love to see where it goes because the students overcome it and they feel so much more empowered by it, both student leaders and the inclusive leaders, uh, the students with disabilities. Um, and it's one that I've kind of grown to loving more and more and I'm trying to develop as much as I can. All right. And that was one of the big ones that I tried to network as much as possible because I feel like it's such a rare instance to have it, but I think it's important to have it. Right. Because they they deserve to have the opportunity to do theater right. as well. Well, it's also, you know, yeah, the, the outlet. They need that outlet. And, right. And if you think about it, you know, they, they can't do band or, or orchestra because it's, right. it's, it's a... Well... Most people can't do band or orchestra because you have to be able to play an instrument. And, right. Because uh, we do the same thing. We don't have an inclusive uh, program at our school, but we have uh, a deaf ed uh, program at our school. So we have a lot of a lot of uh, hearing impaired students in our classes. Right. Um, so it's you know it's not as, as deep as an inclusive class, but it is one of these that kind of for uh, the previous director and I, and now the current director and I. Uh, open up discussion about well maybe we could do a show that like a, a full-on production that includes this uh this culture this right. this, this community and um and, which we would have never talked about if we had not had those students you know um, you also have like a lot of theater companies including that as well yeah like death yeah. west is a big one yeah and yeah. they just did a production of Spring Awakening with, yeah. uh, with all that involved. So. Well, yeah, it's become kind of a, a thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And, and having a... Uh, was it Spring Awakening? What was the show that had, like, side-by-side? Side? It was uh, it was popular, like, a year ago that, that they had actors, an a two actors playing the same part. Yeah. One was... That was sign, spring, was yeah, it spring, spring Awakening, Awakening. Okay. yeah. That, okay. was, that was one that hit Broadway for a while. Yeah, 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 okay. Yeah, and it was actually really... Like, I saw bits of it, and... I thought it was so powerful to talk about that because you're telling a story in a way that everyone can understand yeah. and communicate, um, you know. And I think it's such an important it's an important thing to have a program where students in general can communicate and can feel empowered to do. I mean, the variety of social skills they just learn by being in the class yeah. and having students. I, I think I'll, I think just primarily, I've had so many people tell thank me for just having students that walk in there with no judgment right that literally that will walk up to someone and say hi how are you yeah and not think about their disability first yeah it's, sometimes it's more about the able-bodied kids that, right. that you have in those classes than it is about the disabled students that uh you know the, again they're they're there just to have fun and, and get mm. that outlet but the able-bodied kids who are not used to this environment necessarily right they're the ones that probably get more out of it yeah, right absolutely there was yeah. a there was a theater company here that's no longer around called Dionysus Theater yeah I heard about and, that uh, um, they the the one that, the woman that started at Debbie her her son and I were very very close back in the day he, he passed away when we were 15 from cancer but yeah. uh, and that's kind of what started this yeah whole, the whole process but uh, Dionysus used to you know I, I did this the last time I ever acted was in a Dionysus theater show <laughs> but um it was, uh, yeah, it's eye-opening for for able-bodied actors and technicians to work with them uh, because it's it's just a 
it's like you know you go in with these pre you, you, your humans are so judgmental by nature that you go in with these preconceived notions of what a human should be able to do like just right. a, a defaulted you know person and then you see oh well this this person is either blind we uh, there was a quadriplegic girl that was in in the show her brain is just fine mm -hmm. she doesn't have arms or legs but like right. she she'll she's that's one of the smartest people I've ever met. Right. You know, but you, you see this person and your first instinct is, they can't do what I can do. Right. But that's not true. You right. know, and it, it's just like, it's very, it's kind of, uh, uh, you know, there's a side of me that says, oh, there's hope in this world because people are getting trained to be able to recognize that right. it's okay. Mm -hmm. um, and then there's also like a side of me that's like, Man, you know, I, I felt really bad because I, too, was also judging these people. Not to say I didn't think that they were any more or less human than I was, but it was like, they're not going to be able to do what I can do. Right. And, it, and that's that's really I mean, even bad the, on you. Yeah, really, even in the theater world, yeah. like our, our brain, going back to competition, and yeah. that sometimes the individual comes off being super competitive towards a role yeah. or something like that. And I think with theater companies like that and with various experiences like like having an inclusive theater class it's telling my students even said this they said put yourself to the side when you walk in the door it's not about you you are there to help them they're the they're the kind of they're the important people and to the extent yep. that i'm going next year to say our goal or our mission is to not is to make it so it's accessible for them to do theater yeah that's our goal you are are just basically guiding them and supporting them to do the best that they can. Yeah. You know, they're the like they're the stars. Let them have be you, stars. Have you found that you have have you had this class all three years? I've had this. Yeah, this is my third year okay, having so, it. Yeah. So have you found that you've had kids ask to be in the class? Yeah. Yeah. I've had I have a student that I taught him the first year I had the class, and this is his third year, and he's a senior, and he's and his mom, who's in administration at the school, says. Things like I, you change my son. He's more empathetic. He stands up for yeah. people with disabilities. He says, "Don't you know? We don't talk to people like that. We don't use that word in our yeah. in our house. We don't talk to people like that." And he's grown. He's changed, and he's become more more open as a person. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I hope that my goal is that they they continues to do that as we go along because it's using theater almost as a tool. Yeah. For empathy, and it's one of its one of the major major purposes to make people more empathetic and That's care. Great. How how do you how do you build that? <laughs> like, um, you know, how do you, well, how do you share I, that? I first start off like going going back and remembering first year. I would say the first thing to really take into consideration is to make sure that the class is there is a small class. Right. Like you don't want a larger class because I, in my first year I had like 30 plus students. Right. And I was like, this is crazy, this is too much, I'm sorry, you have to make the class, you gotta half that class down. And then we got to 20. And then as we went along, it, it was trying to ha have the students meet and understand, first just meet and understand where the current students, the current students with disabilities are at. Say, hey, where are you at right now? You know, who are you? Let me just figure out who are you as a person, um, and less about their disability. Yeah. You know, although that will be prevalent, and more about who that person is, what they like. Um, I could walk into my my class and know um, each of the student buddies and what's something that they like. And if they get into a rut, I could I could use their link. I could use something that they like as their language. Like I had a kid that was like. 
he loved Dragon Ball Z. And I grew up on Dragon Ball Z, so automatically I walked in and I would like tap him on the shoulder and be like, okay. Like, he'd be like, he had um, anxiety, he had like an intense amount of anxiety where he would like cluster in a ball. Um, and I would walk up to him and I would say, hey, you know, like, let's, let's, let's pull a Goku. We, we, he pushes through something, we're gonna keep pushing through it, right? Is like what and, and what what does Mr. Nevis say? He's like one step at a time. Yeah, everything's one step at a time. We take everything, we make, we break it down. Um, building it, uh, honestly, most special education departments are very pro having some kind of outlet for the students. Yeah. So under so getting their getting their approval to have their back on that is also really important, and making sure that the that you are again networking with the um, every individual SPED teacher, like because they know their students better than right. you will ever know them. Um, so being like, okay, well, how do they? You know, what is something that they? Here's a specific issue that I have in my class. I'm gonna say it like this: Is have you found any anything that's a positive way to get them out of that? Um, and sometimes they'll have a solution immediately. And sometimes they'll have to say, unfortunately, this is the only thing I found out. You will discover it. Right. Um, and then also just walk, I mean, this is just coming in, but like that class will add, you have to have a, a special additional amount of patience um, because there, there's going to be times that things are going to be nothing like any other class you'll have, but at the end of the day, it'll be for such a great reward. Um, I think one of the teach. I, I don't, I, her name drops out of my head at the moment and I'm worse, the worst thing with names, but <laughs> I remember going to TETA, going to an inclusive theater um, workshop, um, and I'm very happy they have that. I hope they continue to have that. If not, I will put my, put my name out there for it. Yeah. Um, said, it'll be the class that you work the hardest for, but it'll be the class that you'll also get so much reward. Yeah, it's the most reward. Yeah. yeah, sure. So Anthony and I end up wrapping up with a conversation about what his hobbies are and he talks about being a gamer and we get into a discussion about both being huge wrestling fans so i guarantee that in the future you will hear anthony on this podcast again maybe we'll ask him how his wedding went and uh talk a little more about wrestling and gaming maybe have jay thomas in there jared barry a couple of those guys that are wrestling fans and uh, just have a good old time talking about wrestling because we ended up sitting there for another 10-15 minutes at least discussing why wrestling is so important to theater and how it is theater. And if you're not a wrestling fan, you at least know what wrestling is, so I encourage you to watch a little bit and see the type of theater that it is. Yes, it's two, maybe four, maybe six sweaty dudes with baby oil all over them and tight tights and stuff and you know uh, I let my my daughters watch it but maybe it is that and there's a story to it though and there's a theatrics to it that should be respected and even in my classroom we talk about wrestling and we even show I'll show them some wrestling some classic stuff not not a whole pay-per-view or anything like that but uh, I'll show them classic wrestling matches to tell a story and I'm not encouraging them to fight on stage although we have had improv shows with a wrestling ring set up but again like I said earlier 
I digress. Hope you guys enjoyed the podcast this week. Uh, Next week, I should have Amy Wernig's part two, but we shall see. We shall see. I hope you enjoyed your fourth. Hope everybody stayed safe. Make sure, again, you are subscribing. Have a good week. Minor.